Good afternoon, Soraya. How's it going? All right. How's it going, Jeff? I'm doing really good. How about yourself? All right. You're doing all right? Yeah. Well, I think today's episode might be a short one. We have Pat Thomas on today. Yes. And Pat likes to keep it brief and to the why point. Not? <laughs> yeah, why yeah. not? Yeah. So we had talked with Steve Wynn a couple episodes back about his box set decade. And there was a couple questions that we asked Steve that he said, those would be questions for Pat Thomas, right? So um, it only makes sense that we have Pat on. In fact, our original plan was to have Pat on to kind of tease the box set. But as things worked out, uh, we ended up having Steve on first and we'll have Pat on now. So we can go ahead and wrap up this discussion about Decade Box Set, which I'm still working my way through. It's 11 CDs, Raya. It, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a long listen. It's a I'll long say listen. that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of good music included on this. And we gave a copy yeah. away to a listener. We did we for did. 100th episode. Yes, we did. Well, I'm anxious to get Pat on the line, so let's go ahead and get started. Let's. Hi, this is Soraya. And this is Jeff. Our podcast is called Paisley Stage Raspberry and Rhyme. A podcast where the two of us play music that we like and share anecdotes and background about the tunes. We hope you'll join our conversation. And without further ado, agroviar. Let's get groovy. Let's add Pat Thomas to this party. Hey, guys. Hey, Hello. Pat Thomas, how are you doing today? Good. Does, I'm, I'm going to try to do this on speakerphone. Does this, does this sound okay? Yeah, it'll work. Okay, good. It All sounds right. good. good. It sounds good. It sounds better than when we were talking a couple minutes ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, All right. yeah. the quality That's sounds better. I'm more refreshed now. Yes. Um, cool. So let's, let's, uh, let's do, you know, about 30 minutes-ish of uh, the Decade Box. Yes, let's talk about the Decade Box. So our listeners know you, Pat, from a few different things, from being an author, a musician, from Absolute Grey, Mushroom, producer, produced all kinds of Paisley Underground and and other um, musical and spoken word projects. Um, but we did want to talk about Steve Wynn's Decade Box set today because we talked to Steve and there was a couple things that he brought up that he couldn't answer. And he said... Uh, Pat Thomas is a person that you're going to want to talk to. And our original plan was to talk to you first and tease right. tease the project. But as things worked out, that didn't happen. So we do have a few questions for you today, and we hope you could clear it up. And we wanted to welcome you back to the show. Yes. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys. Why don't, why don't I start off uh, telling my sort of my history with Steve and the Dream Syndicate so that, so that why I got to be the producer of this box set will make sense to people perfect so basically uh you know i first heard the dream syndicate uh the summer of 83 on college radio in rochester new york and uh got the 12 inch you know uh, self-titled ep and then i got days of wine and roses and so this was right around the time absolute gray was starting and so myself in particular, all, all the absolute great people were into the Dream Syndicate, but I became particularly obsessed. Um, and so by the time the Dream Syndicate came uh, in the summer of 84, they toured the East Coast with R.E.M. So it was the Medicine Show tour. Oh, right. um, and for R.E.M. it was the Reckoning tour. 
So um, we were absolutely great played 99% original songs, but we did do occasional cover for fun. And so one of our covers was tell me when it's over. Um, anyway, uh, me and Beth Brown, the lead singer showed up at the venue early. So I met Steve for about two minutes during sound check. Uh, and I, we gave him a cassette of absolute gray and he kind of already heard about us because we had, played that was july of 84 in april of 84 we played with the long riders uh and i was you know telling sid griffin what a huge dream singer fan i was and i think he went back to la and casually mentioned it to steve so anyway uh you know gave steve a tape um then in the summer of 85 the dream syndicate uh came back this time with paul cutler and absolute great opened for them Oh, okay. And, uh, so we got to share a bill and then they, the next day they had an off day. And so Steve and I spent the afternoon in his hotel room, uh, chatting. And in fact, I just unearthed the cassette of our conversation <laughs> wow. and I, I sent it to Steve, um, you know, we're, we're talking about Van Morrison and we're talking about obviously the dreams and stuff. Uh, so then the following summer, summer of 86, I make a very long story short, I was living in Denmark and the dream syndicate came to Denmark uh, several times. They came in the summer and played like a huge kind of Woodstock sized festival. Uh, that festival was so big. There was no way for me to tell Steve I was there. You know, I couldn't get a message to him. So he had no idea I was there, but they came back a few months later and just played small clubs. And I wound up um, obviously spending several days with them backstage. They played in Sweden. So, wow. So by this point, I, you know, Steve and I were getting to know each other pretty well. Um, so that's the summer of 86. And then by the summer of 87, I'm back in the United States and Steve and I just started kind of a casual phone and snail mail relationship. You know, I, I don't want to overstate it. It wasn't like we were talking every week, but you know, every couple months he'd call me or I'd call him uh, I would maybe send him, I started working on my own songs, you know, absolutely great. I was the drummer. I started getting Pat Thomas singer songwriter stuff. Uh, and he was always supportive. So by the fall of 87, I moved from the East coast to San Francisco and Steve really gave me a big break. Uh, I was totally unknown in San Francisco. I just moved there. And he said, look, he said, do this, call this club. There was a club there called the kennel club pretty big club. He said, uh, tell him I want to play solo acoustic and, and you have to be the opening act. Wow. <laughs> wow. So that was really cool. You know? Yeah. Uh, um, so anyway, it built and built from there. And then by the early nineties, I started dabbling in reissues. I was living in Germany, working for this label called normal or normal. And I came up with the idea to put out the day before wine and roses, which is the KPFK radio broadcast. I also, uh, it was Steve's idea to do this thing called Three and a Half. It was kind of some demos recorded between Out of the Grand Ghost Stories. Yes. Um, I maneuvered getting the tapes back of Out of the Gray. Uh, the label Big Time had gone out of business, had gone bankrupt. And so the Hoodoo Gurus had bought the rights to the entire Big Time label. And somehow I tracked them down. This is in the era of fax machines, by the way. Wow. So it wasn't like I could Google the, the Hoodoo Gurus and find them. Somehow I found them on a, someone gave me their fax number. 
And so what they had done is they only bought the rights to Big Time to get their own records back. And so they gladly gave back each individual band their own records. So that led to a deluxe version of Out of the Gray on CD with bonus tracks in the 90s. Um, so you can see over time, uh, you know, I'm going to kind of stop telling the story because otherwise we'll take up, you know, 30 minutes of this. But it just it just set the tone uh, in the 90s of me doing several Dreams to make it reissues and previously unreleased stuff. And then, of course, uh, you know, more recently with Omnivore Records, I did Steve Wynn's uh, two albums he'd done in Spain that most people hadn't heard. Uh, we did an expanded Days of Wine and Roses with unreleased bonus tracks. Um, and also we did that Days of, Day Before Wine and Roses live album. So anyway, when Steve is, I'm sure he's already told this story. So he, you know, digitized, baked and digitized all of his tapes. And so, you know, it was obvious that the best choice was for me and him. I suggested this gong show approach. And he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, look, because originally what he wanted to do is we would each have the tapes in our own house. And then we would just talk on the phone or email back and forth. And I said, dude, there's like 45,000 friggin' hours of music here. <laughs> I said, this is going to be a giant pain in the ass. Yeah. To compare notes, because you'll go, I love this song, and I'll go, I don't fucking remember it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's too much, right? It'd be different if it was like 10 songs or 20 songs. So I said, look, let's get together in the same room at the same time, and we'll listen. And I said, I, I tend to do this like the gong show. I said, if something doesn't move me in the first couple minutes, bango, let's go to the next song. So there was talk of like Lindo, I think, was going out of town or maybe I'd go to New York, and you know, hang out in his apartment. Then he decided he wanted to come out here, I think, to see his mom. So anyway, he rented a room at the Sportsman Lodge in, uh, you know, in the valley here. And so for three, I didn't sleep there, but for three days I was there like, you know, eight or nine, ten hours a day. And we'd listen and listen and listen. Um and Steve kind of let me, I mean, the other cool thing was being in the same room and I took notes. He was able to go, Hey, this song has uh, Chris Cagavis playing keyboards, or I co-wrote the song with Steve McCarthy along. Like, you know, I wouldn't have known all that listening to it on my own. Uh, right. So I took very detailed notes. So then I kind of on my own started pruning from that, you know, from that initial listening. And then he basically, like I said, he kind of gave me, you know, you know, veto rights, so to speak. In other words, I, you know, I, I kind of picked them, but, you know, obviously he would say, hey, dude, why don't you give this another listen? Or why didn't you include that? So, um, and over time, as we started to lay the box set to rest, we had originally, there was a rarities compilation that came out in um, Germany only called, um, God, I don't even know what that, what that was called. <laughs> anyway, we, we realized, um, let's see if I can figure that out while we're talking here. Um, anyway, we realized, like, rather than, than include just some of the previous released rarities, in other words, we, we realized, like, hey, let's, you know, let's, most Americans don't have this album. Let's get those, all those songs on here, you know. So we, you know, so the thing, as you know, uh, you know, became this huge, huge, huge thing. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to shut up now and let you guys uh, ask some questions. Well, well, I think the next logical step is we asked Steve Wynn about the box set. And when we asked how real gone music got involved, he said, 
that's a question you should ask Pat Thomas. So we're going to ask you, how does Real Gone Music get involved with this box set? Um, well, you know, I, through the years, I've worked with a lot of different labels. You know, we just mentioned Omnivore. I did some Steve Wynn Dream Sync stuff with them. I had done other things with Real Gone. I did a two CD uh, for jazz nerds. They'll appreciate this. I did two CD 1969 Herbie Mann, Sonny Chirac live album that hadn't been out before. Um, we did the, we, we remastered the Rain Parade's first two albums, Emergency Third Rail Power Trip. We did that on CD a couple of years ago, and I did the liner notes. Uh, so I'd done work with Omnivore, and Gordon Anderson, who runs Omnivore, is, is another Paisley Underground fan. Um, and so I just kind of went to him. I said, dude, th- you know, this is a very cool opportunity. It's going to be kind of a expensive thing to do. There's a lot of CDs, blah, 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 blah. And, and he just kind of green-lighted it. He said, look, I'm, I, I'm a big fan. And uh, so that's kind of how that came about. So real gun music, not omnivore, right? Right, right. In other words, I had done Dream Sense when stuff with omnivores, I just said. Right. Then I had done the Rain Parade and some jazz releases with Real Gone. Okay. And, you know, this was a big, ambitious thing. And I, I just felt like Gordon and Real Gone would be the person to most sort of get what it was that I was trying to do. And so I told him about it and he said, let's do it. I understood. Understood. Wow. That is super cool. And you were talking about this process of you curating, listening to hundreds and hundreds of hours of tracks um, hunker down in this room. And um, I would have loved to been a fly on the wall just to see you veto tracks. <laughs> and, just, um, and you've talked about this process. Um, and Steve also shared that that you had the lion's share of the votes. So uh, y- you were you were Pennsylvania in this pro- in this yeah. process, right? <laughs> so so, so uh... oh, that's a good analogy. Yeah. So um... well, you know the, the thing. The thing of it is, I want to make clear, um, you know, a lot of the bonus tracks are demo versions of some songs that we know, but there's also plenty of songs we never heard. So, you know, I don't, I don't want fans to think that we left like, oh, my God, there's hundreds of songs we'll never, ever hear. You know, we're, we're basically like sometimes he demoed this stuff two or three times. Um, sometimes it, it was a song that was never really finished. It just didn't make sense to put it out because it wasn't really there. You know what I mean? So like, I don't want people to stay up at night going, Oh my God, there's, you know, there's all this stuff. I got to hear it. So, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think we'd left anything behind that anyone's going to really miss, you know? Got it. So, got it. Yeah. yeah. And we're just curious how you feel personally about the box set, about this end result. We know you've, you know, as you've established, you have this longstanding relationship with Steve and, um, from your own narration and from Steve's narration as well, he really trusted your opinion. And I mean, anyone who says, okay, I'll accept this gong show approach, you know, they got to trust right. you wholeheartedly that you have their best uh, intents. Right. In, well, in mind. you know, the, the thing is that, and Steve has said this, he might've said this to you. He's definitely said in other interviews, you know, the secret to my relationship to Steve as a, fan and friend is I never blow smoke up his ass. In other words, I will say to him, dude, this song sucks. Okay. Now he may not agree with me, but what that means is when I tell him this song is great, that he knows I truly love it because 
you know, most fans, we all do this. Oh, dude, I loved your whole album. What, what's your favorite song? Oh, they're all great. Well, you know, that's not really that useful when you're doing a project like this, right? Right. You know, I mean, if I, you know, so in other words, Steve knows that if I say that I really love it, I really love it. Um, and I'm not just saying that because, like, he's my friend and I'm a fan. And uh, it's so, you know, it's my candor that is the secret, I think, to how I got to do this box and how I've done other things. Um, the other thing I want to say is I never, neither one of us have ever done something this big. And so in those final weeks, it kind of became a giant pain in the ass because it was like, uh, okay, I think this song is missing or, you know, I can't remember where, you know, so, so I also want to do a shout out to John Sellers who designed the box, but John really was paying attention and would notice, you know, he'd be like, Hey, I, I think, I think something's missing here. I need more information. Uh, Gordon Anderson, you know, I mentioned him as the owner of real gone. So, so, you know, those last, that last month, it was kind of the four of us tag teaming what's called, you know, the sort of the editorial, you know, the, the actual text content. Um, Cause frankly, if I had left that to be me, I would have been, you know, screaming and, crying like a baby <laughs> you know it's excessive you know there's a lot of friggin' information in this book um and it's easy to screw it up you know or or lose something or what have you you know so so that was a real learning process for me um you know to to do something with this many friggin' songs on this many cds and not and not screw it up you know yeah and you got this project did not get screwed up at all. It looks and sounds amazing. It's just the presentation is incredible. Um, the booklet has all kinds of information. It's a nice sturdy box. Um, even the cardboard sleeves. It's just top notch in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, early on I knew I wanted. I call them the you know cardboard sleeve. I, you know the Japanese do a lot of reissues like this, and I sometimes I call them the Japanese sleeve. Um, you know, Gordon had never done anything like that before, so he had to research where to get that done. Um, you know, Linda Pittman, we should mention her. She, of course, you, you know, picked the photo. She was kind of like the photo editor, I would call her. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a hell of a box. Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting because there are all these demos that you get to hear songs in their sort of earlier incarnations. Um and the other thing is, 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 you know, there is just a bunch of songs that, that didn't go on the regular albums. I mean, I always thought that My Midnight, which is one of my favorite albums on here, would have made a killer double album. I knew, I knew at the time that there were all these other songs, you know, so it's, it's really cool to kind of have that album be, uh, you know, tw twice as long. Um, you know, there's an incredible amount of extras on that CD. Yeah, um, that actually leads into my... Next and last question for uh, as it pertains to decade, and for me personally, here come the miracles is a, a special album to me. So I was really looking forward to the extras and bonuses um, of that album on this release. Are there any tracks that you're especially excited about that finally get to see the light of day? Is it the My Midnight material? Well, the My Midnight material was the stuff that I was always the closest to. Um, you know, Here Come the Miracles, because it was a double album, we already knew that there wasn't a lot of extras. I mean, the, there's some cool extras, but they tend to be, uh, so there's some demo, you know what I mean? So, 
In other words, when you put out a double album, you're not likely to have a lot of stuff left on the cutting room floor. Right. Uh, but Here Come the Miracles, of course, at the time, was a major album for Steve. I think, I think it's probably one of his best-known and best-loved solo albums. Um, the other thing that was interesting, and I, and I say this in the liner notes, you know, certain albums like, like Sweetness and Light, at the time it came out, I think I played it a few times and went, eh, and I filed it away. But through the years, I heard a lot of those songs live, right? Ah, uh, yes. And I never remembered what album they came from. So it was kind of fun to listen to Sweetness and Light and go, damn, this album's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like, because I know, like, half the songs became, you know, regular songs for Steve, you know, so it's, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, I think I said, as I listened to this whole box, albums that I had tossed off years ago, I realized were quite good and albums that I loved. I loved them even more hearing them, you know, yet again. Um, but the other thing is, is that, is that there's, there's a really cool album in here called the e-music singles. Yes. Um, that is kind of, you know, this is kind of the weirder stuff. You know, Steve would do a song a month, but he would collaborate, uh, you know, Barbara Manning and a bunch of other people, Roscoe, uh, Eric Amble, uh, Richard Lloyd from television, uh, Jeanette Napolitano from Concrete Blonde, James Maestro from Bongos. So, you know, Steve's not normally a collaborator in the sense he normally writes the song and then records it with whatever band he has at the time. But, you know, here you kind of get these other flavors uh, of him co-writing as well as the other people perhaps singing or playing. And, and so, you know, that's, that's kind of a unique, special little record, you know, in and of itself. Um, yeah, I'm glad to see that made the box set collection for sure. Yeah. Well, Pat, we want to know. So first of all, congratulations. You completed your MFA thesis. Yes. Which is huge and massive. Plus, there's no better time than the times we're living in to read Pat Thomas's book uh, about Jerry Rubin. Did it? Um, or to delve into so many of a, a past projects. But author, musician, producer, uh, there's nothing you don't do. So we have to ask, what are you working on next? What can we expect uh, of you soon? Well, currently what I'm working on is a, is a three CD out of the gray box for Fire Records in England. Oh. Um, so disc one is out of the gray, of course. Um, out of the gray, you know, has always had kind of a thin sound, like there's not a lot of low end. So the album was remastered by this guy Jim Hill, who uh, mm -hmm. has done a, who also remastered the Rain Parades albums for Real Gone, and, and Jim gave the album a real punch that the previous CD and LP didn't have. Um, this too is a previously unreleased live album that I recorded. I mentioned that Absolute Gray and Score, uh, Absolute Gray and Dream Syndicate had shared a bill. Uh, so in July of '85, it was their first East Coast tour with Paul Cutler. So none of us really knew who Paul Cutler was, and also they weren't playing too many of the old songs. Steve had basically written most of Out of the Gray already, but they'd never recorded it. So basically, that night, 
when I recorded this album, or, you know, what became an album, obviously I was just recording it for fun. We're not only hearing Paul Cutler, you know, shred like a madman, we're hearing all these songs slide away out of the gray, et cetera, et cetera, that none of us had ever heard, you know, and so the, the songs have a real energy and freshness that maybe, I'll use the word maybe, small letters, the album doesn't have. Because in other words, you know how when you first play or learn a song, it's got this real energy that maybe when you record it six or eight months later, it doesn't have. Right. Um, so that album is just smoking. Uh, and then the third disc is kind of interesting. You know, the band was still theoretically signed to A&M Records. And of course, you know, the medicine show, you know, was kind of uh, controversial. It wasn't exactly like a big, big, big seller by A&M standards. And so the band had to keep making demos of these, what became Out of the Gray songs. In other words, they'd go in and record Out of the Gray and slide away in 50 and a 25 zone. And then they'd go in a few weeks later and do it again, right? And so the third disc is all these A&M demos or A&M era demos. And again, the songs have a real vitality and freshness that m maybe the final album doesn't have. Interesting. Uh, and then there's other, some other goodies on there that I don't want to blow the surprise. But uh, anyway, that'll probably come out like next summer. Next summer. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I'm working on that. And that's uh, that's probably the thing most relevant to your listeners, I would say. Very cool. Awesome. And I did want to mention, Pat, you mentioned your band Absolute Grey. Absolute Grey has a track, Remorse, on the new Strumming from American Jangle Underground 1983 to 1987 compilation, which you told me about a year ago, I think. Um, and it's totally right up my alley. It's got a bunch of jangle pop bands on, the Reverbs, the Windbreakers... Um, Crippled Pilgrims, Salem 66, 28th Day, Downy Mildew, all these bands that that just play this great jingle pop music and included is Remorse by your band, Absolute Grey. So um, congratulations. Yeah, that's, thanks. Yeah, I'll, I'll just sort of clarify what that compilation is. You know, it's, it's all from the 80s. It's all kind of from the same era as the Dream Syndicate. The thing I love about that compilation is it's all the bands that didn't quite get known. So in other words, there's there's no there's no Dream Syndicate, Rain Parade, Three O'clock, DBs, Let's Out. In other words, there's no like A level bands. It's all these bands that you know musically are good, but you know didn't sell a ton of records. And so I, I admire the guys who put it out because normally when you're doing a, a a compilation like that, you're like, well, we we got to put so and so on, so we'll sell an extra, you know. 500 copies you know right, right, right and they really avoided the temptation to put anything obvious on there uh and most of those songs had never been on cd i mean there's a handful but you know like most of them are like first time on cd um and the other thing is too i think it comes with like an literally an 80 page booklet it's absolutely insane it is the size of the booklet i'm not not exaggerating no um so, and it's on CD and vinyl, you know, for those who want to pick one format after another. So anyway, I didn't have anything to do with the project other than the fact Absolute Grey is on it, but I'm, I'm really blown away by that box. Me too. Yeah, it's excellent. So your name's been on a couple releases that have shown up at yeah. my doorstep <laughs> over the last <laughs> six weeks with Decade and 
this wonderful compilation release. So congratulations on both of those, Pat. Yes. And we did want to thank, thank you, you so Jeff. much for taking time again to talk with us and tell us a, a little bit about what you've been up to and how this decade box set came together. We appreciate it. Well, great. All right. Well, you guys are, you know, you guys are chronicling all this kind of in real time over the last, uh, what's it been about two years now? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, I, I eventually you have to do a best of podcast where you just <laughs> go in and grab sound bites for everybody. Yeah. You know, take it forever to edit it together, but it would be fun. The the parts that matter, right? <laughs> there you go. The parts that matter. Something like that. Something like that. Love it. All right. Thank guys. you so much, We're, Pat. Uh, all right. Well, thank you. Have a great day. All right. You Pat. do the same. We'll bye talk bye. to you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Pat Thomas is one cool dude. He is. But I love I I love listening to his process. You know? And one of the things that you know, Steve Wynn mentioned it, and Pat in his own words said it. Uh he doesn't blow smoke up anyone's ass, but I've never seen a guy more straightforward, more passionate about the projects that he gets involved in. And uh I mean he he wears a lot of hats, you know. Uh, with listen with his um, with his project called Listen Whitey, which collected a lot of the Black Power movement music, and um, he's called a music historian. But he's a musician in his own right, and like a fan of music. And um, you know, his book did it uh, about Jerry Rubin. I mean, he knows a lot about a lot of things and is passionate about a lot of things and man, but he's got fan fantastic taste yes, and abilities. So, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to talk to him for a little bit. Yeah. And he's a great researcher. So whenever, 100%. yeah, whatever project he gets involved with, you know, that there's going to be some intensive research going on. He's going to contact the right people to talk to and they're going to want to listen to him or want to talk to him. I should say um, people that, I wouldn't expect that would share information. Um, somehow Pat is the guy that some of these people are open to talk with. And um, we get some information and stories we might not hear otherwise. Yeah. People trust him. I do. And, I, and shoot, I do too. <laughs> I know he's not going to steer me the wrong way. And by the way, if anyone hasn't listened to any of his band Mushrooms releases, it's it's a different vibe, but it's worth many listens. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. the same with Absolute Gray. Same with Absolute Gray. And them being included in that most recent compilation, I think, is, is fantastic. So. Yep, I agreed. So, Jeff, summer 2021, another three-CD. Yes. <laughs> Out of the Gray, yeah. Out of the Gray, which... Uh, Again, fantastic. But I like that idea of three CDs and, you know, three three important things yeah. that need to be in Jim Hill's hand, you yes. know it's yeah. you know it's gonna sound fabulous. Yeah, just compare the original Emergency Third World Power Trip C D to the yeah. the version that Jim worked on. Yeah. Talk about well, I was gonna say balls. Can I say balls? 
Sure. Okay. So it's got some, let's say it's got some power. It's got some oomph into it. At least that. Why don't you say it in Spanish? It's got some cojones. It's got some huevos behind it. Right. So, so I'll be very curious to hear what this sounds like. I know in the hands of Jim Hill. Um, Master. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. We've been in that studio and we've heard from those speakers in his studio what, what a, a project sounds like after yeah. Jim's. 100%. Jim's got his hands on it. So looking forward to that for sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you haven't gotten your hands on this decade set, you know, and have it in your not to do list, but like your wish list, definitely worth it. A long listen. But as Pat mentioned, you know, they took their, they took their time and really culled together a strong collection. Yes. And, it's worth it, worth the time, Agreed. worth the investment. And again, we can't we can't praise Pat Thomas enough. Absolute gray, the absolute gray on the most recent compilation. Say the name again. I always get it mixed up. I get it wrong even when I'm reading it. So, <laughs> so the full title is Strum and Thrum, with the Strum subtitle, The American Jangle Underground, 1983 through 1987, and. Um, it's released by a company called Captured Track Records. And if you look up their site, Captured Tracks, uh, you can find it. I bought the orange vinyl pressing that was a Record of Store course. Day release, of course. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he wasn't joking when he was talking about um, the booklet, Soraya. I know our listeners yeah. won't be able to see it. But um, it's, oh, a, no. it's, it's, a, it's a beast. Party. Yeah, he says yeah. 80 pages, and there's all kinds of pictures and stories um they talk to um all of the artists so there's little quotes throughout and it really puts some context into the songs and yeah it's 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 a great release if you like that early rem let's active kind of rickenbacker jangle pop vibe and uh, it's perfect right up my alley it's an amazing compilation and uh We'll also just mention one last time his band Mushroom. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, and if we ever get into a, a situation where we get to go see live shows again, and if he ever puts anything together, um, a lot of those he'll get some of his uh, real close friends to come out. And mm-hmm. a lot of it is improvisational. Um, and you could tell Pat is running the show, but he'll have anywhere between six to eight yeah. to 10 people up on stage. And they just, one person will start and everybody just starts layering on pieces and yeah pat's like the the symphony orchestra running that behind his drum kit if he's behind his drum kit sometimes he's playing drumsticks on the walls the ground the trash cans um your wife your husband your boyfriend your girlfriend (laughs) just um they are amazing shows as you mentioned they're great uh cds to listen to great music to listen to but the live experience live. is where it's at if if that ever happens again. And um, Mushroom um, is a very apropos name for the band. I'll just say that. So, um, yeah. <laughs> no better note to end on than that. So, gente agruviar. Groove on, Paisley people. Time to ring up Pat Thomas. One ringy dingy. 
two ringy dingy. This is Steve Wynn of the Dream Syndicate, and um, you're about to hear a pretty cool tribute in my book, a real good version of one of my songs, Tell Me When It's Over, played for you by Absolute Grey. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Pat Thomas, this is Jeff Brenneman and Soraya trying to give you a call uh, for the podcast. We'll, go, we'll give you a call right back. This time you can answer. <laughs> 